Well, hello there. Um, good afternoon. Good Wednesday, first Wednesday in June. And so today I want to talk about um, the buy and hold strategy, but more specifically, um, buying and holding in Baltimore. Um, I, I've actually lived in the DMV area for over 40 years now. I'm not originally from here, but I've lived here for about 40 years now. And so one thing that I've, I've seen um, through my investing is Baltimore is one of the best, if not number one, in residential rentals. So I just wanted to talk a little bit um, about that. I, I have a portfolio of properties there. Um, a number of my agent investors have properties in Baltimore. And so we'll, we'll spend uh, maybe 30 minutes on just talking about Baltimore and why you should think about investing in Baltimore um, in your buy and hold strategy. Um, I, I like to talk a lot about buy and hold strategy because that's how you're going to really build wealth. I have a lot of real estate agents that work for me. And so we, we talk often about building generational wealth, retiring financially free, um, you know, having multiple streams of income. We talk about passive income. And so one of the best ways to do that is a buy and hold strategy. Uh, we choose Baltimore for various reasons, uh, and I'll go through those those reasons. Um, one, one of my agents actually owns over 20 properties in Baltimore right now. He owns over 20 properties. His strategy is to sell some real estate, uh, wholesale some real estate, and then take that cash and then... Um, pay cash for his properties in Baltimore. And he's been doing that for a number of years, over 10 years now. And he's built up a pretty good um, portfolio of properties um, where he only rents to Section 8. Um, believe it or not, he manages all of his and, you know, he's got a exit strategy. And we'll talk about exit strategy at, at the end. But he has a certain exit strategy um, that he wants for the properties. But these properties for him is, is his, his, his retirement strategy, is his um, generational wealth he's going to leave to his children. And so he's built that and built that legacy in Baltimore because, and you'll hear me say this a lot, you can buy low in Baltimore and rent high. And that's why it's one of the, if not the number one residential rental areas in the United States. I have another um, agent investor who he, he buys properties, but he actually flips properties in Baltimore. He hasn't started um, buying and holding yet. And he's buying properties in areas like uh, Reservoir Hill, um, Union Square, those type of areas where you can also buy low <clears throat> and sell high. But there's there's a um, there's a wide gap of um, appreciation and equity in these properties so that you can actually flip these properties. So overall, for those of us who live around the DMV area, Baltimore, Maryland um, is the place here in the DMV where you can, um, you know, buy a big portfolio of real estate over a period of time. And if not become wealthy, you can become wealthy or um, at the very least um, start the process of building generational wealth. I will tell you, though, that you do need to know exactly what you're doing. I've got another buddy of mine 
who probably 10, 15, um, yeah, about 10, 15 years ago, just started buying up properties and he bought them wrong. One thing I do want to remind you is Baltimore, Maryland is a different market than, say, New York City or Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, the running joke for investors in Baltimore is if you can't sell the property, uh, if they can't sell their property there in, in uh, Baltimore, what they do is they put an ad in the, in the New York Times or in the Washington Post and sell it to an investor or a first time investor or a novice investor. Because in, in Washington, D.C. and in New York, the mindset is of, of much more expensive properties when they're selling a property in a particular neighborhood for, you know, 60, 70. Uh, 150,000, it seems like very, very inexpensive. So they're easy to sell to someone that doesn't really know what they're doing, doesn't really know the market in Baltimore. And so you really have to learn the market in Baltimore. I'll talk um, in a few minutes about running comps. And so you do have to run your comps in Baltimore. Um, I, I look at, I personally look at Baltimore as an area for rentals. I have flipped in, in, in Baltimore in areas like Charles Village. I've, I've flipped properties. Um, that's 21218. But for the most part, I look at Baltimore as a residential rental area where you can really build a portfolio and really establish a really good net worth. And the basis of my net worth or the foundation of my net worth, other than my businesses, is my properties in, in Baltimore. So I've been able to qualify for, you know, seven figure lines of credit because of my properties in Baltimore. And so that's what I primarily use my properties in Baltimore for is to help me build net worth. Obviously, you're getting really good um, cash flow from your properties, but it really um, when a bank looks at your personal financial statement, when you're going to apply for financing or, or apply for lines of credit, they're looking at all of your um, assets. They're looking at your liabilities. They're looking at your cash flow. And that's how they qualify you. And for me personally, um, um, for me personally, that's, that's Michael. Hey, Michael. For me personally, uh, Michael, you just, you just threw me off kilter. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I've bought a number of, of properties in Baltimore and they, they've worked out really well. Um, here are some of the places that you can find um, properties in Baltimore. And there's an overabundance. There's an overabundance, you guys, of property uh, foreclosures. And so a lot of the properties that I've bought, um, I've bought at, foreclo at, at foreclosure auctions, both um, online auctions. I bought a property in um, Bel Air Edison, 21213, uh, for 40000 on on Hubzoo, hubzoo.com. Um, I was highest bidder at 40000 um, after repair value on that property, um, well, by now it's about 150000 I put in about $20,000 and I rented it out for, I think I'm renting it um, Section 8 for $1,400. And so I'm getting a really good cash flow on that property. So I bought that on an online auction. Um, I, I own a property um, in Baltimore County, in Dundalk, where I won, I won that property um, at the courthouse steps and the Baltimore County courthouse steps. So um, you can buy properties at the courthouse steps. There's, you can buy properties in front of the 
in front of the um, house. Um, a, a number of my Asian investors have done that um, with Ashland Options. And so you can use Ashland, Ashland Options um, and they actually, um, you can bid in front of the, and right in front of the properties. Actually, I bought a property in, in Harlem Park um, about a year or so ago, about a year and a half ago. And I bought the property from a homeowner for $8,000. It was in a neighborhood or on a street that there was a lot of boredoms. And so I said to myself, instead of renovating the property, uh, risking not being able to sell it because it's on a block with a lot of houses that are boarded up, why don't I just clean out the house and give it to Ashland Auctions for them to auction it off? And so that's what I did. I, I paid about $1,200 to get a company after I, we closed on it to get a company just to clean it out. So they took out everything. So the house showed vacant. It showed a lot better than what I bought it for. And then I just actually gave the property to the auctioneer and said, I wanted $20,000 or more. And it, it went for 21,000. And so, and, and I completed that whole process, including closing within 60 days, didn't do anything to the property, but um, cleaned it out. Bought it for eight, put in about $1,200 and, you know, sold it for about 21,000 at the auction, closed like three weeks after the auction. So those are some of the things you can do. You can buy a lot of properties, in Baltimore at tax sales. So there's lots of tax sales in Baltimore, but there's an overabundance of foreclosures um, in Baltimore. Baltimore is densely populated, so there's a lot of houses. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, a lot of industry left. Um, the ports kind of dried up, the steel mills dried up because of the, um, the auto industry. Um, and because of that, there were a lot of people that were doing well before the ports dried up, the steel mills dried up. Um, and then after that, because they lost their jobs, houses started um, to decay and they foreclosed them. There's a lot of drug drugs and drug activity going on in Baltimore. And so that's why you see a lot of board ups there, a lot of um, decay. But you're also starting to see a lot of urban renewal. And so I'll talk a lot about that. Um, but one of the great reasons to um, buy in Baltimore is because you can actually find great properties that are foreclosed. Also, in, in terms of um, people who you're going to rent to, there's a huge in Baltimore. There's a there's a huge um, student market there. There's a number of great universities in Baltimore. And they're all looking for housing and they're all nestled right into Baltimore City. You've got MICA on the Maryland Institute, um, the College of Arts. So the art school is, is right there, uh, right on North Avenue. I, I actually um, own a property not far from there. Um, of course, you have John Hopkins University that's up, that really actually not that far from MICA um, in the Zico 21218. I own a property there as well. Um, and John Hopkins University, Charles Village area, um, University of Maryland, Loyola, I, and I own a property there by right in walking distance to Loyola. I actually rent that property out to um, a, a Section 8 tenant. Um, there's Coppin State, there's Morgan State, um, two of the HBCUs in, in Baltimore, um, College of Notre Dame. 
um, of Maryland and a community college of Baltimore, all of them are right there. And so oftentimes we're running out to um, students. Um, and so I, I have a couple of my properties that I actually run out to students and I get their, you know, I put their parents actually on, you know, on, on the lease. And so it's, it's a great student market in Baltimore, but the, but the biggest market in Baltimore is the Section 8 market. That, that's really the biggest market. Uh, as I said, one of my Asian investors, that's all he rents to is Section 8 tenants. I have a number of um, Section 8 tenants. Here, here's the thing about Baltimore. Um, like no other city, 40% um, of the working class, they actually rent, for, I mean, 47%. 47% of the working class actually rent. They don't own. Unlike uh, most cities, the, the majority of, of the working class actually own. The majority of the working class in Baltimore actually rent. There, there is a five-year um, waiting list. When we're talking about Section 8, there's a five-year waiting list um, to get on um, the Section 8 list. And so there's a shortage of housing. We, we have um, people at the Section 8 office um, that actually call us. You have any properties, you have any more properties that you want to rent out because we, we have a shortage. And so um, there's and, and there's a number of different other voucher programs, not just Section 8, but voucher programs. A lot of the voucher other voucher programs and Section 8 um, they will pay 100% of the rent. Now, now in some cases, um, if the tenant is actually working, uh, the tenant will pay a small percentage of the rent. But for the most part, Section 8 pays all of the rent. And, and so we, you know, I look for both both in Maryland and in, and in D.C., my properties in D.C., I only want to rent to Section 8. Now, here, here's why, you guys. Um, it's for a couple of reasons. I want to rent to Section 8 because I know I'm going to get my payment every month. And so I talked to another investor, one of my agents, um, during, the midst of the, during the midst of the pandemic, and I said, well, how are things going? He said, I'm chilling. I'm good because at the first of the month, I've got my rental properties. I have another stream of income. City's just sending me my money every month. I look at my account. The money is there. I don't have to worry about it. Um, so that, that is really strong. There's also a myth that the Section 8 tenants, they tear up your properties. I want to dispel that myth to tell you that that's just so incorrect. They've kind of revamped the program over the years. And now the Section 8 tenants, they know that the properties are going to get inspected every year. Section 8 actually comes out or those, the programs, they, they come out and they give the tenant a list of things that they should be doing. And they give them a time period to do those things. And then, and then they give the homeowner or the landlord a list of things um, for them to do. Now, if the tenant, if they don't do those things, they kick them out the program. And so, and the tenants know that. They know that they're going to get an inspection um, once a year. Now, it's not to say that as the landlord um, that you don't have to do an inspection because it's going to get inspected um, once, once a year. I get my, I inspect mine sometimes monthly, but um, for the most part quarterly. 
just to make sure that everything, you know, that they're not tearing up the property. I do know that Section 8 um, or, the, or the programs are going to come out once a year, but I inspect or I'll get a property manager to inspect at least quarterly. And I let the tenants know if you've got any issues, call me. Because honestly, I really don't want them to um, get kicked out the program. Uh, I don't want that turnover. Turnover kills you as a landlord. Uh, so you don't want turnover because every time there's turnover, um, you go you go months without any income coming in, and then you you have to um, do repairs again. Sometimes it's new flooring. Sometimes it's walls. I mean, yeah, painting the walls. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, you've got to spend money. So I don't want turnover. As a matter of fact, I had a property in Prince George's County years ago, about 10 years ago, where the tenant failed the inspection. They didn't have the money to fix it, fix the things. And, and I spent the money. It was a couple thousand dollars. And I felt like it was worth it because it was a good tenant. Um, there was just a few few items that they had to fix. They didn't have the money, but I didn't want to lose the tenant. I didn't want the house to go vacant 60 to 90 days. Um, I didn't want to have to come in and, and you know, do uh, even more repairs, paint, flooring. And so I actually paid for them. But Section 8 is, is the, in my opinion, is the best program for renters. And there is a shortage, you guys. There is a huge shortage in Baltimore. There's a huge shortage. And so what I try to do is, um, you know, buy as many as I can to, to rent out and to rent to Section 8. Now, you hear me say this a lot about Baltimore. The reason Baltimore is so good is because you can buy low in Baltimore and rent high. You can buy low and rent high. Um, here's some statistics um, in Baltimore. Um, now, Baltimore is getting 7% appreciation. The misnomer is that you buy you buy the properties right in Baltimore. You you make your money going in when you buy the property. So you buy the property with with equity um, going into the properties, and you're going to get great cash flow because you can buy low and rent high. But you're not going to get any appreciation. Well, that's just not true anymore. Um, they're getting seven percent appreciation. And it's predicted that over the next 12 months, um, partly because of the pandemic and a shortage of housing, they're going to get 11% appreciation, you guys. That's huge. That's huge in Baltimore because now you're getting, not only are you um, getting cash flow, you're getting um, appreciation too. So the property values are going up. And so, um, and so that's another reason to rent in Baltimore when you're buying property, I mean, when you're actually selling properties, I told you one of my agent investors, he's, he flips properties in Baltimore. Um, they're staying on the market for about 57 days, uh, which is a little higher than the national average, but they are selling. The average sales price, the average sales price is about 270 in, in Baltimore. 100% of the sales to list price ratio, 100%. So the list price ratio is 100%, meaning every house that is listed actually sells for the list price in Baltimore. So they're getting 100% sales to list price ratio. Um, the average rents in Baltimore, average, 
is um, about 1300 a little over 1300 uh, so it's just really good it's just a really good market 70 percent of all the rents in baltimore 70 percent are over a thousand dollars here's one thing that i did i i, I bought a pro i bought um over like a year period i bought four properties i bought four properties i paid cash for them um I did what we call the Burr method. Burr is B-R-R-R-R. -R -R. Buy the property. So I bought four properties and I paid cash for all of them. And then I renovated those properties. And then I uh, rented the properties, all Section 8. Then I refinanced and put a loan on those four properties. Now, those four properties are, are giving me somewhere around $6,000 a month for those four properties. They're averaging just a little less than um, a little less than $1,500 a month. And so I'm getting six, I'm getting um, $6,000 a month, just shy of $6,000 a month from section eight. But my note, because I don't owe a lot on each property, my, my note is like $1,200, you guys, $1,200. So I've got almost $5,000 in positive cash flow um, on those properties. And that's that's the Burr method. I'll mention that again, but that's the Burr method. And that's what you can do um, in Baltimore. You don't have to bundle all of them up, but you can do you know one at a time. And I do that as well. But the cash flow is just incredible. Um, one of my agent investors, he's going to retire on those properties alone. That That's part of his exit strategy. He's going to retire on, on those properties. And I, I say all this to say that you guys can do it too. This fertile, fertile ground right there in Baltimore. It's fertile ground. It's, it's the best place. It's actually it's the best place in our area, but um, the number one or two residential rental area in the in, in the United States. There's also pockets of revitalization. So all around the city, you're going to see uh, revitalization. Some of the top areas, um, I don't have all of the zip codes. I know some of them because, you know, that's where I, I buy. But um, I, I often get the question about zip codes. And, and I will give you some and I'll give you some areas. But here, here's what I want you guys to know. It's, it's Baltimore is not zip code specific. It's just not. Every zip code in Baltimore, every zip code, you, you can, you're, you're going to have good parts of that zip code and um, other parts of that zip code that you have a lot of board ups. And so you, you, can't, um, you can't just buy property sight unseen. You've got to drive the neighborhoods. Like when, when a wholesaler um, calls me, texts me, emails me and says, I've got a property in Baltimore. I say, I, I need to see a video before I even go out there. Let me see a video. And I don't necessarily want to see a video of the property. I want to see a video of the neighborhood that for me, that's the first thing I want to look at. Take a video. Let me see what what it looks like across the street. Let me let me see what it looks like down down the street each way. You know, I, I want to know if there's board ups on the street, because honestly, e even the government, even um, the city government with all the voucher programs, they're not going to rent to a tenant that's um, renting. Um, on a block that has a bunch of board ups. And so I don't want to buy them. We, we kind of classify the neighborhoods as um, A, 
A through um, D, some, some people A through F, the A being the better neighborhoods, the Ds and the Fs are what people would consider war zones, lots of board ups, lots of crime. And so I like to stay in the middle, kind of the C neighborhoods, CD neighborhoods. Here's some neighborhoods, you guys. Here's some neighborhoods. And, and I'll kind of classify these neighborhoods as, as I know them. Um, and, and some of kind of the better neighborhoods. And so it all really depends on what you want. I, I have some investors that only want A neighborhoods or B plus neighborhoods. So like Federal Hill, like they want Federal Hill. Um, they want Pigtown. So Pigtown is like, in my opinion, a B neighborhood. Federal Hill is more so like an A neighborhood for Baltimore. Hamden is, there's a lot of gentrification in Hamden. Hamden now, in my opinion, is a, a B neighborhood. Um, Canton is an A neighborhood. I was actually um, recently in Canton. Fells Point, Fells Point is an A neighborhood. Uh, one of my agent investors got a four-unit building um, in uh, in Fells Point. And so, even in these neighborhoods, you guys, because there's foreclosures and and there are um, A neighborhoods, you can still buy really low. They, now, those neighborhoods really rent high. But you can still buy low in Federal Hill, in Pigtown. What one of my um, invest one of my agents, she won a won a um, a property at an auction in Pigtown, and she's renovating that property. Um, I've already mentioned um, Charles Village. That's two one two one eight. Patterson Park. We've got another investor. He loves Patterson Park, and Patterson Park is a great neighborhood. Uh, in, in my opinion, a B neighborhood, B minus neighborhood, um, Locust Point, A neighborhood, a lot of gentrification in Locust Point, Bel Air Edison, which is for a lot of the investors, including myself, um, Bel Air Edison 21213 um, is a sweet spot. And so uh, one of the properties I've already mentioned is um, Lake Avenue is in Bel Air Edison. Uh, I was introduced to Baylor Edison by another investor. He says that's all he does is um, buy and rent there. Reason for that is because Baylor Edison is more of a B minus C neighborhood that you can buy. You can buy it there in Baylor Edison for about four, right now around 40, somewhere between 40 and 50,000. You can get a, a foreclosure. You very rarely see board ups in Baylor Edison. But you can rent in Belair Edison. You can be all in for around seventy, eighty thousand in Belair Edison, but you can rent for fifteen hundred in Belair Edison. And so, and that's like one percent or less than one percent of the after repair value you can you can rent there. And so, for a lot of investors, Belair Edison is a sweet spot. But I I have properties. I have a two unit in. Um, Edmondson Village, um, 21229. There's, you know, parts of um, Edmondson Village that has a lot of board ups, but then there's another part of Edmondson Village. I'm right on Edmondson Avenue. Um, there's, um, there's, there's blocks there, lots of blocks, stretches of blocks, and that's West Baltimore, where there's no board ups, where it's just great, great housing. Uh, people keep their yards up. There's pride and ownership. And so I own a two unit there um, that I actually purchased, you guys. I actually purchased that one with the tenants in there. And I don't recommend that, but I got such a sweet deal 
on this property. I bought it for forty-eight thousand. Didn't need any renovations. Um, was a two-unit. The tenants were paying. They were paying market rent. Um, there was no reason for me not to purchase the property, and so I did. And so I don't recommend that, but I, I took a chance, and everything worked out for me um, on that one in, in um, Edmondson Village, Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn is more of a, um, in my opinion, like a C neighborhood, but I own property in Brooklyn. And so um, here, here's the thing. When you're investing, you, you have to have a plan and you have to have a plan of attack. You've got to know what you're doing. I bought this property in Brooklyn again with the tenant in there. It's four bedrooms, one bath. Um, actually had a tenant in there. I took on the tenant because the homeowner said to me, I just want out. They lived in Prince George's County. They were managing the property. The tenants um, were calling. Things were leaking. There's issues. They didn't have the money. They got tired. They got sick and tired of being a landlord. So I, they gave me a call as a referral. And I said, well, how much do you want for it? And they said, well, we'll, we'll be happy to take 35000 Now, in my mind, I was like, I'll, I'll pay them 40000 45000 they said 35,000. So what I said to myself is I gave them the look and I said, well, I'll pay, I'll give you 20 for it. And then we agreed on 25. So I bought the property cash, 25,000, had a tenant in there already paying, um, $12.50 a month. They were paying $12.50 a month and it worked out. So Brooklyn is another great area. Um, if you find the right property, the right property for me, you guys, um, is I like buying property. I like buying row houses. I don't like buying single family houses to rent. I, I prefer buying um, row houses. I also pr would prefer um, three bedrooms, two baths, three bedrooms, two baths. It doesn't really matter whether it has a basement or not. As a matter of fact, I would prefer not to have a basement. I would prefer not to have a basement, three bedrooms, um, two baths, um, interior unit row house. That's what I prefer. I prefer an interior row house because it's just less maintenance. There's less windows, less gutters, downspouts, um, you know, less siding to have to deal with. I prefer um, an interior unit doesn't matter whether it has a basement or not, because when you're, when you're talking voucher holders, um, a three bedroom is a three bedroom. They don't, they don't, they're not looking at square footage. The government, they're not looking at square footage. A three bedroom is a three bedroom. As a matter of fact, in, in DC, you can go online right now and it'll give you the certain areas of DC and it will tell you what they pay for, like an Anacostia, Congress Heights, Petworth, what they pay for, what they'll pay for a three bedroom. And it doesn't say we'll pay for a three bedroom, full bath house, it's three bedrooms. And so if I can get a better deal on a property, a row house that doesn't have a basement, I would prefer that. But more importantly, what comes with basements? wet basements so i don't want to deal with a wet basement and so i prefer no no basements just more more maintenance for me as a landlord and i can buy the property for the same i can rent the property for the same amount 
Um, and, and I make mine nice. So that's that's another thing. I, when I renovate, I renovate like I, I'm going to live in there. I renovate like I'm going to actually flip the property. And so for me, I, I put in granite countertops. I put in nice cabinets. I put in, um, generally, generally speaking, I put in hardwood floors. I try not to put in carpet at all. So I'll put in either engineered hardwood floors or real hardwood floors um, upstairs and on the main level. Um, the purpose for that is really simple. Um, I don't want to come in every year, every two years, every three years when we place the carpet. I want floors that will last. So I'll pay a little extra um, to get floors that will last because when I buy these properties, my intention is to keep them, you know, forever, you know. And so that's a, that's another thing. That's one of the mistakes I made as a young um, investor. You know, I, I would buy properties, not in Baltimore, but primarily in D.C. in my early 20s. And then a few years later, you know, I would sell them. And so that was a big mistake. And so my my advice to you guys <clears throat> is to whenever you buy a property, be in it for the long haul, 10, 20, 30 years or forever or have these assets passed on to, you know, your children and then your children's children. That's how you begin the process of building generational wealth through these properties. Couple, couple of other neighborhoods. I talked about Emerson Village. Um, I own a property off of um, Northern Parkway. Uh, I believe that's um, Northeast um, Baltimore, um, off of Northern Parkway um, in an area that I call Bond Secure. So Bond Secure, um, Evesham, it's actually on Evesham um, Avenue. Uh, or street. And so that's a great area up off of um, Northern Parkway. Um, Waverly is good uh, own property there. And then and then I've also both um, flipped properties in Baltimore City all, all over or Baltimore City and Baltimore County. So Baltimore County is good. The dynamic is just a little different. Keep in mind you're dealing with two different governments, the county and the city. But um, so I, I do own a couple properties in the city, I mean, in the county and have flip properties all, all over the county. Um, Essex, uh, we did a project in Essex. We did a project in um, it's called Gwyn Oak. Uh, we did a project in um, Catonsville. So all, all, all over the county, um, Arbutus, we did a project in Arbutus. And so all over the county, all over the city, that whole area is good. Now you're going to pay a little more in, in the county than you are the city um, for the properties, but they're also great areas. I, I would tend to stay, if you're buying and holding though, I would tend to stay um, in the city. You're going to get more bang for your buck in the city um, than you will in the county. All right. Quality of life. A lot of people want Baltimore because it's great quality of life there. You've got the arts there, you've got uh, museums, you've got great hospitals, um, U University of Maryland uh, Medical Center. And of course, um, John Hopkins is, th is there. Um, the foodies have great restaurants all over the, the different neighborhoods of, of Baltimore. So great restaurants there. Um, there's a great nightlife there. Of course, the Baltimore Harbor 
is is right there. And then you you've got two professional teams. You've got um, in an NFL, you've got the um, Ravens, and in Major League Baseball, you you, you have the Orioles, and, and both have a history of winning championships um, for the city. So there's a lot of great culture there, a lot of camaraderie there um, in Baltimore. Um, and, and in these times, you guys, um, kind of sort of post-pandemic, uh, where people are um, working from home, and, and we're starting to see this in the real estate industry, people are starting to move out um, where um, housing is, is um, um, less expensive. And so they're moving out. They may work in D.C., but they're moving to areas like Baltimore um, because it's um, inexpensive to live there. And they still have um, the great neighborhoods there. And so um, so those are some of the reasons why people actually are going to Baltimore and the property values are appreciating. Um, 11% is predicted, 11% in the next 12 months for Baltimore, you guys. That is huge. That is huge. All right, so here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. Um, I've got good time. And so uh, I'm going to kind of give you the steps that you need if you're interested in Baltimore. Um, number one, um, you, mentally, you've got to get ready to be an investor. And, and investing is not for everybody. Um, it's not for the faint at heart. You've got to deal with what I call the three T's, toilets, termites, and tenants. And that's why a lot of people on average, um, landlords sell their properties every five years because they're tired of dealing with tenants, termites, and toilets. Um, and we'll talk about property management in a minute. But um, so you've got, you've got to know that each property that you buy is its own business. Each property is its own separate business and you've got to treat it as such. And you've got to be in it for the long haul. You've got to deal with the good, bad, and ugly of that property, of that business. And you've got to say to yourself, when I buy this property, I am never, ever going to sell this property. Only in my exit strategy. And I'll talk about exit strategy, but only in my exit strategy, um, I'm going to use this property for leverage. I'm going to use this property to make my personal financial statement look really good. So when I go to the bank and say, I, I, I want a line of credit of a million dollars, they'll say, yeah, they'll look at your personal financial statement. They'll kind of take a look at your credit, but not as much as um, your, your, you know, your, your net worth, your assets, you know, minus your, your liabilities. They're going to take a look, look at that and determine what type of line of credit. And that's really how you start building wealth by getting financed. And so you've got to be ready mentally to do this. And I think it would be good to have a mentor or partner with people or at least have someone that you can call for advice. And, and I'm happy to give you advice. Um, and then you have to have a plan. Like you've got to, what, what is your plan? And so that's one of the biggest reasons a lot of investors don't make it because, you know, they get their mind right, but then they just go ahead and just start buying properties. You've got to have a plan. And like I mentioned earlier, a um, buddy of mine, he just went off and just started buying. He didn't have a plan. He just started buying. He heard that Baltimore was a good market. This is 10 years ago or so. And he just started um, He just started buying. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for that. Uh, he just started buying properties. And now 
He's trying to unload them because he bought them all wrong. You've got to know the market. You've got to have a plan. Baltimore's market is not like New York City's market. Baltimore market is not like um, the DMV's market. Um, it's a, its own separate market. So you've got to do the research. And if you're not a realtor, um, get a get a local realtor um, or at least someone that knows the Baltimore area. As a matter of fact, kind of as a side note, we're actually opening up an office. Well, we just opened it up this week, yesterday um, in Baltimore County, in Owens Mills. So we have an office. So you realtors out there that are looking for a home in, in um, the Baltimore uh, area, we have an office now in Baltimore. One of the reasons why I did that was because we are we do have a lot of um, agents that already work for us in that area. But I, I wanted the office there so we could start to get Baltimore City and Baltimore County listings so that my agents can start buying them up. Um, we're going to be putting ads on the radio and things like that in Baltimore so that we can start um, getting more and more opportunities in Baltimore. Opportunities are plentiful already, but I wanted to get access to help my investors, my agents. So we put an office there and right, right in Owens Mills. Um, what type of property should you start with? Now, I would tell you to, to follow my model and buy row houses because it's just less maintenance and buy interior units. But there's some investors that want to buy um, single family. Some investors want to buy multifamily. Multifamily is more multifamily um, opportunities in Baltimore, Baltimore County than there is, you know, here in, 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 um, in the DMV. Now, some people consider Baltimore part of the DMV, which which is fine. But and you know, at the D.C. area, there's there's not a lot of um, multifamily opportunities. Plenty, plenty of opportunities um, for multifamily. So if that's your strategy, then that's fine. Also, look up opportunity zones. And so um, in Baltimore, government created what they call opportunity zones. I think it was in 2000, I'll take a stretch and say 2017, where if, if you buy properties, you actually buy rental properties in certain areas, disadvantaged areas of any city, then they'll give you a tax break um, if you keep the property at least 10 years. So you keep the property for at least 10 years you go and sell the property, you don't have to pay any uh, capital gain taxes. And so a lot of investors are buying, um, whether it's res residential, multifamily, they're buying in um, opportunity zones. And there's a lot of opportunity zone areas in Baltimore. And that can be part of your exit strategy. There's more to it than I'm, than I'm saying in terms of buying in opportunity zones, you've got to buy from a, um, from a fund, um, but it's nothing that you can't do. Um, but a, a lot of people are buying and that's a, their extra strategy. We're, we're going to buy. And actually it's a wonderful strategy only because now property values are starting to go up. We're going to buy low in Baltimore. We're going to rent high. We're going to buy in certain areas, certain neighborhoods that are deemed opportunity zone. And all you have to do is just Google Baltimore city opportunity zone. And there's a map that'll show you where the opportunity zones are, but it's a great strategy because you're going to get great cash flow along those 10 years. But now that property values are appreciating, you're going to get great appreciation in 10 years. And then you'll be able to sell pretty high 
And then all of that cash, you guys, that profit, that, that um, capital gain is all yours. You're not paying any taxes on that capital gain. Um, but have the plan. Set that plan up now, whether you're buying in an opportunity zone, whether you're buying multifamily, residential, all of mine, um, except for two are residential. I've got two um, multifamily right now, and, and I do have two in an opportunity zone. Look at the neighborhoods. I just mentioned a lot of the neighborhoods already, but consider the neighborhoods. Consider the type of properties that you want to buy. Do you want to stay in what I consider the B and C neighborhoods, um, which I would highly recommend. And so do your research. Everything that I'm talking about is online. You can actually join my investment group. And, you know, we talk about all of these areas all the time. But um, we talk about the zip codes and the neighborhoods and then drive the neighborhoods. Uh, about a month ago, we, we have a lot of investors, Asian investors. And so we just got we just went from house to house uh, from all of our investors that are working on their properties. And we were able to, you know, to look at the different the different neighborhoods in in Baltimore. I, I would highly recommend specializing in one or two neighborhoods. Just really know those neighborhoods, what what you should be buying those houses for, um, what they rent for, uh, those kinds of things. So specialize in certain neighborhoods, certain zip codes. Um, I mentioned earlier, for a lot of investors, 21213 is kind of a sweet spot for them. If you're a wholesaler, there's a lot of investors that will buy in 21213, Bel Air Edison. There's a lot that will buy in um, 21218, um, that Charles Village area. I like that Bond Secure area off of um, Northern, Ab Northern Parkway. But um, know the neighborhoods, drive the neighborhoods, know the restaurants. You know, spend a morning there, go to lunch. You know, and certain the restaurants there, get to know the people. Ham Hampton, um, I spent some time there, just really learning um, that that neighborhood of Hampton. And it's 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 uh, you know, I wish I would have bought there five or six years ago because that's an area that's um, you see a lot of gentrification there, and that area is just just really growing. Um, do your numbers. I haven't talked about numbers. I talked about a little bit, but when you're investing and buying and holding, you've got to analyze the numbers. You have to know your numbers. You can't be an outside of Baltimore investor. you got to be an inside Baltimore investor knowing the numbers. And so, you know, oftentimes um, a wholesaler will send me a property and they're, selling, they're saying it's selling for $5,000. It's selling for $10,000. It's selling for $15,000. Honestly, I don't even want to look at it because I already know if it's selling for that low, they're just really trying to get rid of it. As a matter of fact, I got a call yesterday from an investor um, that had a property in Baltimore. I said, well, how much do you want for it? I said, I text them and said, give me the address and let me know how much you want for it. They gave me the address and they said, we don't want anything for it. We, don't, we just want to get rid of it. And so, you know, that told me. I told him I'd drive by the next time I was up there, which is tomorrow and Friday. But when they're selling that low, it's probably a D neighborhood. It's in a war what many would consider, uh, they consider that a war, war zone where there's lots of board ups, um, maybe, maybe, even, maybe even some drug activity there. 
but certainly not an area that I want to be in. If it's a lot of board ups, don't deal with it. As a matter of fact, I don't even buy properties in Baltimore that need what we consider a gut job, a full renovation. I only want to do um, cos a cosmetic renovation. My renovations in Baltimore are less than $30,000. That, that's, that's like at the highest. Because oftentimes you're buying properties in Baltimore, you buy a property for $40,000, sometimes the renovation cost is going to be $60,000, $80,000 or more. So the renovation cost is going to be more than what you actually buy the property for, so it's not worth it. There's, there's enough properties in Baltimore where you should only do a cosmetic renovation for your rentals, but also keep in mind, you guys, do a nice renovation. Keep in mind that these are, for, for the most part, especially if it's um, a market rate tenant, um, they're working class. A lot of them are coming from being homeowners. They want stainless steel. They want granite. They want hardwood. They want a nice property and they will take care of your property. They will help you build wealth in that property, especially if it's like in the C neighborhood, B neighborhood, um, they will help you build wealth, be in it for the long haul. But I see a lot of investors putting Formica on the uh, countertops, um, just, just regular Sears um, appliances, um, carpet. Like, let's not take any shortcuts. Do a nice renovation, put the money in it, and you'll be in it for the long haul. They're not going to be calling you every year, every two years, because you know, the, the dishwasher broke. A lot of investors aren't even putting dishwashers. You know, stove broke down, washing dryer broke down. One lesson that I learned is I used to get used appliances, like up until about maybe a year or two ago, I would get used appliances and put them in my properties and then they would break down. And so then I would have to go out and buy brand new ones. And so I stopped doing it or buy more used properties I mean, use appliances. I stopped doing it. I buy new prop, new appliances so that they last. And so as, as a landlord, as a business owner of properties, what you try to do is minimize your expenses. That's why I don't, I, I don't like it when tenants move out. Turnover kills you. Um, again, turnover means you've got to renovate not renovate but uh, do some cosmetic repairs to the property and it goes two three four five months with no income coming in that kills your bottom line keep those tenants in there do a nice renovation run rental comps for the area and then also run after repair value comps for the area so that you know exactly what the value of the property is what you can rent the property for and then more importantly, what's your cash flow is going to be? How are you going to finance these? And, and so I described the burn method earlier. And I think that's one of the best ways. Um, another one of my investors had three properties. Yeah, he had three properties that he owned in Baltimore. He had them rented out. He bundled like I did. He bundled all of them up and got one loan for the three. Um, and so that's my recommendation. Um, is it hard getting financing in Baltimore? The answer is no, it's not. A lot of people think it is because um, the lenders here in the DMV, they're not lending in Baltimore. Lenders in 
New York City. They're not lending in Baltimore. But there are hard money lenders in Baltimore. There's community bankers in Baltimore. I've used my personal line of credit um, to buy properties in, in Baltimore. So you can get finance. You can get financing um, in Baltimore. Um, my recommendation is to try your best to, to either use a hard money lender or pay cash and then renovate the property, uh, rent the property out, and then refinance. It's good to bundle more than one if you can, but start one at a time if you can't. Um, refinance, um, get all your money back that you just put in with the refinance, great cash flow, and with that money that you just got back, start that process all over again. And then, and again, as I said earlier, keep the property. Don't get rid of the property. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of investors, including myself, who, as an investor, number one regret is selling a, a property or two. I mean, I, I had properties in my 20s in DuPont Circle, Adams Morgan, uh, Fort Lincoln, that I eventually sold. And I shouldn't have, I, I, you know, I, sh I shouldn't have done that. And so I have regrets and, and, you know, other people have those same regrets. You shouldn't have those regrets. You buy these properties, you keep them. Here's a question. Are you going to self-manage these or are you going to get a property manager? And so I always recommend because most of you um, that are listening are not in the Baltimore area. Um, I consider you guys, as well as myself, an absentee owner, even though, you know, I live less than probably 30 miles. I live around 30 miles from Baltimore. I'm still absentee. Plus, I'm busy. You know, I'm busy with what I do. And so I always recommend property manager. Here's how I do it, though. I hire a tenant placement company. So there's a number of tenant placement companies in Baltimore that that's all they do is find new tenants. You tell them I want a Section 8 tenant. I think all of my um, tenants, all of my Section 8 tenants in Baltimore, um, my uh, tenant placement company, they found them. And then I would get another company to manage the, prop the property. Now, some property management companies, they do tenant placement as well. I like to keep it um, separate. Um, the tenant placements, they, they, that's what they specialize in. They focus, they know the people down at housing. Um, they know how to market your property down at housing. That's all they do. And you you pay them just like a regular commission that you'd pay an agent. Um, you know, a, a percentage of the um, of the rent, like 100%, I mean, 50% of the rent, or honestly, it's worth it paying them 100% of the rent. So if the rent is... 1500 you pay them 1500 or you could pay them less than that but i'm happy to get a really good tenant and even though they're you know they're section 8 tenants they're really good people they're going to take care of your property you still need to screen them you still need to um even even though um section 8 is paying you still look at their credit you run a credit report most most um most landlords, they don't look at their credit because they're like, well, they're not paying. What does it matter? You still look at that. It, it talks about one's kind of credibility. You try to talk to references. You, you talk to their past landlords. If you can, you go look at where they're living now to see if they're taking care of it. And most of them are. I mean, I've only had great experience with um, Section 8 tenants. 
And so my recommendation would be to spend the extra money and get a property manager. There's a number of properties that I've purchased from homeowners who just got tired of being a homeowner. And a hundred percent of the time they were managing these properties themselves, where if they would have hired a property manager and paid whatever, 10%. Look, you guys, if the, if the rent is $15,000 and you're paying at a high level, 10% of that to the property manager, that's only $150 a month to manage your property. That is so worth it. That is so worth you not having the headaches of, of, of managing the property. Sometimes you've got to go to landlord tenant court. Sometimes you've got to send out a letter saying you're behind. We're going to evict you. Just you got to deal with maintenance. Like I said earlier, toilets, termites, and um, tenants. It's just so worth it. And that's on a high level. Most property managers will only charge you, honestly, 8%. If you give them a number of properties, you can get you can get them um, um, as low as 7%. And so it's just so worth it. Whether you're absentee or not, I that's what I recommend. All right, I'm almost on my hour. Last thing I want to talk about is exit strategy. What's your exit strategy? What, what do you do? Um, what do you do at the end? And so it, here's what I'm thinking about for me personally. I'm looking to build upon my portfolio, which also includes, you know, the DMV. I do have a property in, in Annapolis and Ann Arbor County, but I have properties in DC, uh, more properties in Baltimore. I'm, I'm looking at a, um, a, a few strategies. Um, one is um, bundling all of them up into one package and um, and selling them. Um, the downside to that is an investor is going to want to um, uh, purchase those at a discount. When you bundle, um, an investor wants to buy at a discount. So you're not always maximizing um, the opportunity but you are getting rid of them a lot faster. So that's option number one for me. Option number two is over a period of time, start fixing them up and selling them. I mean, and so that's how you maximize the opportunity and sell for, you know, market value. Um, problem with that for me is, I mean, depending on how many properties you have, uh, you, you know, that could take, you know, a year or two. To, to complete that process. You could hire a management team um, or a really good property manager, uh, or I could teach my, you know, my daughter the game and I could pass on those the opportunity for this business entity of these properties and give them to her slash um, allow her to manage and still derive an income from the property, um, from the properties, uh, using different um, uh, software, technology, Yardi. Some, most of you guys have heard of Yardi. Um, Buildium is also a property management software that you could use um, to manage these properties. And so those, so those are all the options that I'm looking at. Um, do, do I sell all of them at once? Do I sell one at a time? Or do I keep them um, and pass them on? More than likely, 
Uh, what I'm looking at is keeping all the properties and everybody's different, but I'm looking at keeping them, um, keep them managed really good, uh, keep deriving an income for my retirement and then allowing, um, you know, my daughter to take on that, that positive cash flow. That's how you build generational wealth. And so that's what I'm looking to do in the end. Um, and so let me answer just a couple questions and I'll get you guys out of here. Um, one question is what other expenses are involved? Um, so you have, you have your mortgage, you have property management. Um, of course you have utilities. I didn't even talk about utilities. Some, some investors, um, build the utility bill into the rent. So they charge a higher rent and they pay all the utilities. They do that because they just want to make sure all the utilities get paid. Um, but at, at the very least, you want to make sure that that water bill gets paid because that water bills always pass to the homeowner, but you have utility bills. If you're in an, in a, uh, homeowners association, you have that. And then you've got the maintenance, um, of the property. And so I, I try to calculate maintenance as around a hundred dollars a door. So a hundred, so at, at, min, at minimum $1,200 a year for each property, or if you're in a, Multifamily, $100 a month per door. Um, I don't see any other questions. Jamia wants a property in Baltimore. Angie is watching. Hey, Angie. Um, all right, Carissa, I, I know I always tell you I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you this time. So you can ask, ask your question. And so you don't have to be a real estate agent. Just leave me your um, information um, on my social media. You can go to um, Greg Bennett Invest on Instagram or on, on YouTube. Some of you guys are tuning in uh, on my YouTube channel. Some of you guys are tuning in on my um, live on Facebook. But it will this will be on my podcast. Um, you don't have to be a real estate um, agent to join my investment team. Uh, if, if you, if you would like to be a real estate agent with us, um, you can actually go to, um, joinbrs.com, uh, the scrolling on the bottom, the joinbrs.com. Um, if you want to be a real estate agent, I always highly recommend, um, getting your real estate license. And that's why that's the only reason I got my real estate license over 25 years ago is because I wanted to be a better investor, but I just started selling real estate with no intentions and, you know, did very, very well. But um, you want to be a real estate, have your license as an investor, because there's going to be opportunities that are going to come your way for investing. But the numbers aren't going to work. But those motivated sellers still need to sell their properties. And so because you have a license, you can list the properties and get a commission. And so that's why I always highly recommend um getting your real estate license you can go to joinbrs.com we actually um if you go there today we actually have or contact us we'll send you a link for our career night we actually have a career night um tonight um let me put today is june the second because some of you guys may see this june the second 2021 but we do have a career night tonight that we're happy to send you a link if you if you want the link, you can just ask for it on either Instagram or um, Facebook or on a YouTube channel. 
All right, you guys. Um, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for all the wonderful comments that you guys left. Let's 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 be investors. Let's stop being consumers. We're buying too many things um, that are not revenue generating. Let's buy more assets to build wealth, uh, so we can retire financially free. We can have generational wealth, and we can really leave a legacy. For our children, for our children's children, um, don't be intimidated by um, the buy and hold strategy. Don't be intimidated intimidated by being a landlord. Let's not do that. It's a way of building wealth. It's a business, so it's a way of building wealth. We need to build wealth, and you guys can do it. Baltimore is a great city to do that. All right, you guys. God bless. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon.